0: And welcome to the Friesen Press podcast series. These podcasts are created as a resource for our authors, covering topics ranging from social media strategy to author development. Hi, everybody,
1: and welcome to episode fourteen of Friesen Press book marketing podcasts. Um, today, I'm here with Matt, as usual. Hello. And we have a new guest today, Mike. Hello. And uh, today we're going to talk about e-readers. Um, we're going to go a little away from the regular book marketing tips, I think, today and sort of talk about, you know, the bigger scope of where the industry is going. And, well, where is it going? It's going towards e-readers and e-books. Whether
2: you like it or not.
1: That's the thing, whether you like it or not. <laughs> so let's get ourselves educated. Um, Mike's our resident e-book expert. Um so let's start with, uh, I don't know, what kind of ebooks are there, Mike?
0: Well, we've got numerous kinds of ebooks. books There's um, Amazon's Kindle, Barnes & Noble's Nook, there's uh, Chapters Kobo, there's the Sony e-reader, there's um, Apple, of course, uh, but they more have their tablets and their smartphones, um, which have e-reader capabilities, meaning you can, like, download uh, applications That will allow you to read books on those devices. But it's still a service they provide.
1: Right, right. So I guess what's the, what's the, maybe, I don't know which order you want to do it in, but, you know, we could either talk about um, what the differences are, Mm -hmm. or I guess maybe even why e readers are something we should even talk about. Maybe we should start there, just basic, basic stuff. Yeah.
2: I know that around e readers, I was uh, partly resistant to them originally. Um, because of the, the thought that... Because I, I thought that the original technology would have been something like uh, when you're reading a computer screen. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't like reading for long periods of time in front of a computer screen.
1: That's the thing, yeah. I hate and reading on computer screens. Yeah.
0: You guys, yeah, you're definitely not alone on that. Um, typically, the, a big feature of the e-readers now is what's called e-ink technology. And uh, what they've done, it really looks very similar to kind of like those old Etch-a-Sketch devices, you know, mm-hmm. the kids would play mm-hmm. with. Um, it looks like that. It's really easy on the eyes. It's not backlit. It You're not looking into a light source. And what that really does is reduce the strain on your eyes. So you don't really have to uh, worry about burning out your eyes or anything like that with prolonged use. I mean, we spend enough time looking at computer screens and TV screens, um, you know, sitting in bright-lit offices that, when you come home, you want, you know, you, you pick up that paper book, and it's kind of an escape um, from that kind of technology. Well, just because it's an e-reader, they, you know, the people who designed these e-readers really made them for book lovers, and they want to take it away from the electronic, uh, the negative sides to the electronic aspects of it.
1: Right, right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So um, I guess there's two types of sort of e-reading devices, then, right? Like you said, the sort of tablet style, basically like a computer screen stuff, like iPads and uh, the Kindle Fire, I guess the new one, um, and all the
0: other tablets like the Galaxy Tab and, Kobo Vox. Right. There's um, there's a, there's a number, and I mean they they do kind of promote that they have like glare resistant screens. Um, but at the end of the day they are backlit right. um, they have other features as well where like you can get into night mode and what that will do is invert the text so that it's a black background with white ink um, so it's not so much of a, a bright light but um,
1: it's still a screen it's still
0: a screen yeah. it, it, it doesn't um, come out with the same um, finish of the e-ink and the downside to the e-ink in my opinion is that it can't produce color. Right. It's always going to be like this matted kind of grayish right. background. Doesn't look great, but it's, you know, neither do regular books, right? Yeah, if you're
2: opening them up, you're just looking at ink anyway. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. So,
0: you know, it, it, I you got to kind of think there's no right or wrong answer. It's what you want as mm-hmm. the consumer, what you want to read it
2: on. Right. Um, I think that's it is. Um, even if you're not somebody who's ever thinking of getting an e-reader, this is why we're doing what, a podcast mm-hmm. on this for authors: is that uh, your you may never read them, but guarantee you that there's people out there who are looking at purchasing mm-hmm. your book, who are looking to see whether they can buy a Kindle version, a Nook version, mm-hmm. a Kobo version of it, and uh, you know it's like I tell my authors: you can try and fight the the changes that are coming and take on this new megalithic industry that's being mm-hmm. birthed, or you can go with the flow of the changes. It doesn't mean I don't personally believe that the books are on their way out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I think there's jokes about that. Uh, you know, bookstores have now got pictures in their windows or signs in their windows saying "Purchase your antique reading devices here," <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I think that this is really important for. Um, authors to spend time studying this because it's it, technologies any kind of business whatever business you're creating mm-hmm. you you want to know what are the what are the technical technological changes and advances that are taking place the successful authors that I see are the ones who stay up to date with it and and are finding out what's the latest technology mm-hmm. whether it's in um, the production side of it or whether it's in the distribution side of it and, and so it's really important, I think, this discussion and bringing Mike in, in for this today because, um, like I said, you may never purchase one of these, but um, your, your customers may very well... Be viewing your book mm-hmm. in these, and it's important to take into consideration some of the different ways that people will be viewing your. Yeah,
1: especially uh, when you, uh, uh, you know, when you're talking about distribution and where your books are going to be, um, you want to know what they're going to look like, how they're going to be affected depending on the e-reader. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think especially the difference between e-ink and just regular sort of tablet stuff. Yeah. Um. Because, like you, Mike pointed just point just pointed out. Um. You know, one has color. You know, that's a big difference. Um. Mm. The other thing is, uh, I think. If you have the native file for each reader type, um, so what's the uh, explain what the native file is? Uh, so I actually don't remember each one, but uh, Kindle yeah. is, uh, is Mobi, Mobi, I think. Mobi file. Um, yeah. What does Kobo use?
0: So it's use, the type you know? of fo- file. Kobo right, so. ePub. There's also right. PDFs. Yeah. There's a wide variety of them. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are, you know, have DRM which is, you know... Um,
2: Digital rights management. Right.
0: Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, to basically, when you buy um, a Kindle, you're usually locked into buying books from the store that that is branded to, right? <laughs> right. Um, there so
2: Kobo would be Chapters, Nook yeah. would be Barnes & Noble's books. Apple yeah. even has their own store. They have iBook. Um, yeah.
0: What you're seeing, though epub is the most widely used format um and and also i mean if you think about any office or or school um pdfs are really popular Mm -hmm. and some of these devices um you can actually read um, those files and you so you don't have to get them from the store i guess is what i'm kind of trying to get at right you can get them from other sources and then there are um programs out there um (laughs) like little apps well there's programs out there that will allow you to change the file type into another one so it's compatible with your device right they're not necessarily on the up and up so you really want to be careful about that sort of thing uh before you get into that but it's it's interesting to note as an author potentially you know what's out there and and when Mm -hmm. you do go to e-format you know you are getting into those waters where piracy is uh, it's an
2: issue potentially. Um, mm-hmm. Waters and piracy, really? <laughs> <just> did that? <laughs> um
1: yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, why don't we talk about um, why you should buy an e-reader in the first place? I guess um, you know what kind of people. What, what's the demographic? Maybe that's yeah. even a better question. As an author, you know who are the types of people who are buying e-readers. Yeah. Mike, you probably know.
0: What? Well, that's that's a great question. I mean, it's 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 really interesting. It's all over the board. Um, it's an electronic device, and that kind of automatically ties a younger generation to. Right, it, right? that's so what I mean, you would assume,
1: right? The first people are going to be the guys with the smartphones, and you know, yeah, everything
2: else. the adapters yeah. and all those kinds of techies and stuff. Um, people but, I've seen when I've I've just been because I keep my eye open for these things, especially. Mm-hmm. Once I really became, because it was really the beginning of 2010, 2011, where we're seeing these spikes, especially at Christmas time, of Mm -hmm. people buying these EPUB uh, or these e readers, rather. And uh, I would notice when I'm going around about, and you just see people waiting at the bus stops and things like that. I I mean, this is just through my own observations, but I see a lot of uh, women uh, who are reading those. That's Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. my own personal observation. I haven't, I don't know too many of my. Uh, contemporaries who have uh, an e-reader but I know that that's changing. I know that I've got an interest especially after talking to Mike right. uh, about uh, looking into e-readers.
0: I'm an e-reader owner I'll admit it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't notice the, the gender separation um, so much to be honest with mm-hmm. you. I, I haven't really noticed uh, a big difference there. What What really surprises me is that this is a product that goes from kids are looking at them and getting them, and it was a really popular Christmas present this year.
1: Um, it's true; the numbers are huge. I saw some numbers the other day. Yeah, e-readers and tablets and all those sorts of things being sold this. But we sell past Christmas.
0: a ton of these to senior citizens, um, and there's there's a large number of reasons, and then also everyone kind of in between, mm-hmm. which I think one of a the fascinating
2: things that because actually I I went and spoke to Mike about the Kobo specifically. And you're saying, Mike, that, or you demonstrated to me that I think one of the advance- advantages of it is you can vary the font size that people can read. Yeah. So you can do
1: that in a lot of e-readers now. I yeah, think as long yeah. as it's the native file, because I think it's difficult on PDFs to change those because right. those are already yeah, in the fixed. file. But yeah. um, that would be a you're absolutely advantage, right. So right? people
0: with poor vision, mm-hmm. um, you have people who um, typically wear glasses or you know need reading glasses. Who can get away with just having like a jumbo
2: size font? And I could have like a word a page kind of thing. (laughs) Pretty darn close. (laughs) Yeah, you really can. It's that would work. Read it from the moon. Um, (laughs) But
0: then you have like other people. um, I mean, those same people would, if they wanted to buy that book in a large print, right? It it would be a tome. It would be huge. You're right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when you when it's senior citizens who have um, their eyesight degrading. Um, a lot of times they have arthritic hands, mm-hmm. and so to carry—that's a good point. A huge book yeah. is a huge inconvenience. These e-readers yeah. are tiny. They're, some of them are pocket size, so yeah. you got this really light portable device. Um, and kind of touching base with mm-hmm. that as well, you no longer have shelf space being taken up.
2: I was just gonna That's say that was that was the biggest thing for me when I did my last move, and I you know I lifted boxes myself. Yeah. I, I was looking at three big boxes of books. I just did this little visual in my mind of one e-reader, 50 books. One e—you know It was quite an easy decision yeah, for me. Yeah.
0: Um, well, it's not even 50 books. It's like a 1,000 books. And that's
2: it. I think that that's what's really awesome is the sheer number of books that you can contain on mm. these e-readers. I was saying to you just before the show that I think the only disadvantage for me would be you know, I, I, I see a book. I'm like, okay, I've got to make sure I get that one. I might go out and buy it. I put it on my e-reader and suddenly you know is it going to get lost there or am i going to be able is there is there something that could on any of these that says um hey you purchased this one this is on your reading list like goodreads on goodreads they have this reminder hey you were going to look into this book and read this book does it have is there anything like that prompters on any of these e readers i don't forgetful people like me (laughs) i don't know that's that's
0: that's pretty niche right like um
2: for forgetful people? Right? Well,
0: for people who have already bought something and then forgot about it. I don't know if something's been marketed for that just yet. Yeah. Um, I know some of the, the uh, e-readers have, um, I guess, new platforms to kind of interest readers and introduce uh, young readers um, well, and old readers alike to it. Um, for example, Kobo has something called Reading Life, and what it does is is a stat tracker. Um, it doesn't tell you to read your books, but what it does do is it will track how much time you spent in your books, how many pages you've read, right. and then again, some yeah. of these devices have internet capabilities. You can post this on Facebook. Oh. You can post little blurbs, like little sections of the book that you really liked, a favorite passage maybe. Oh, you um,
1: can do that. Yeah. yeah, I've always wondered about internet access on those devices. I mean, especially mm. it makes sense on, say, like the iPad sort of stuff because you're yeah. just browsing internet in general, yeah. right? But on the e-ink devices, um, yeah. yeah. What what purpose does the internet access have? I've never quite understood.
0: Well, I think the first the first purpose. It's funny how you ask that. The first purpose of the internet, I believe, is access to the store.
1: Right. I guess that's a good if, point. If, yeah. If,
0: Amazon puts out the Kindle. Yep. They want you to be able to buy their books. Right.
1: Straight off the uh, Kindle.
0: Straight off the device itself. And so what they do is they allow for internet access. What you want to look for, though, is whether it has 3G access, which works off the phone networks, mm-hmm. so that you could be kind of like, you know, anywhere that there's phone reception and get internet access, or if it's Wi-Fi. And that's where you have to go to um, a hotspot. And, right. you know, it, you're seeing more of them, more and more of them uh Cropping up, whether it's like uh, a McDonald's or a Starbucks or a little cafe, right. a lot of them. That's a the thing to get people through the doors is free Wi-Fi, yeah.
2: um, which has changed rapidly in uh-huh. the space of four or five years. And it's and it's going to get. I mean, get Starbucks bigger. used to charge at least here in uh, Canada. They yeah. used to charge for you to use their Wi-Fi, yeah. and then about two years ago, mm-hmm. I think they realized that
0: can't get away with that. You now.
2: Can't no.
1: So you said you can use the internet to post stuff as well. So you can access Facebook straight from e-ink type stuff?
0: Absolutely. But depending on the device, right? right. Um, but most of them have that capabilities. I know uh, for some of the earlier models, they just had Wi-Fi that would simply enable you to um, access the store, store. right? Right. Um, and, and download books. Right. But if you have the internet, put a browser on there. And so that's what they've done with the newer models. Oh, wow. Um, so you have actually like, almost full internet capabilities. Like it so it's just
1: a black and white version of, an in, of a web page. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's now, actually pretty great.
0: It won't necessarily run like flash videos or oh, anything. Of course not, right? yeah. But you, like, you can still access, you know, cbc.ca news. Or
1: like Washington Post or any or just, newspaper site probably. Really anywhere, right. just, yeah.
0: And so that kind of brings it into a new, uh, to another niche that uh, would want to be buying these devices and that's travelers. Because right. we already mm-hmm. said you can basically take your whole library with you. It fits in your pocket, mm-hmm. right? This is great for people who are traveling. and mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, especially with, like, um, carry-on luggage being mm-hmm. so limited when you're traveling. You know, you can get two, three hardcover books and that's your, yeah. you know, your Mexico trip yeah. or whatever. Like, forget that. Bring 10 or 20 books with you. Bring mm-hmm. all your books with you on mm-hmm. this little device. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah.
1: That's pretty cool. So what what's the um, battery life like on these devices?
0: Well, it really depends on the, the type of device. And again, it kind of goes back to whether it's backlit or not. Um, backlighting is is just that. It's a light that's on the whole time that the device is on. And right. What that really does is eats up battery life. So with some of your tablets, I mean, you're looking at 5, 10, 15 hours.
1: Right. Which is pretty impressive, but... I'm assuming the yeah. e-ink readers are even longer. Yeah,
0: they're, they are not backlit. Right. Um, really, the only time that they're going to use uh, battery life is when you're either on the internet, um, which you can turn off, you can put it in airplane mode like your cell phone, it will go on the internet, um, is when you turn the page. It has to refresh what the page looks like. Right. Um, so you can get like two weeks to a month. <laughs> Some of these devices will... Um, that's just two unreal. Months, two That's unreal. You have to charge this thing again. <laughs> um you plug it into your computer for a couple hours and it's mm-hmm. you know fully charged again. Uh. So again, when you when you're traveling, you don't have time to always be worrying to find a plug in. If you're on an airplane, like a, you know some flights are longer than a battery would last. Right. So mm.
2: That's where this thing comes in handy. Maybe they could power the aircraft from e-readers at some point in the future. <laughs> and they're also
1: lighter, aren't they? The e-ink type um, e-readers? Aren't they lighter than tablets, generally speaking?
0: Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, it, it's just a matter of like what's smart. inside the device. Yeah. You know, uh, a tablet's a, it's a micro laptop, essentially. Right. Whereas these e-readers are, um, well... Much lower functioning, mm-hmm. and so there's not mm-hmm. as much in there, mm-hmm. which equals lesser weight.
1: Right, right. Um, I actually have a question about the three G thing you mentioned. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you get one of those, the three G is an extra cost you'd have to pay monthly, or?
0: Well, actually. Um, or does it
1: depend on the reader?
0: Amazon can kin- Amazon's Kindle is one of the devices that allows for three G access, and they've actually got this amazing deal out where they aren't charging for 3G usage.
1: Wow.
2: Really?
0: Yeah. And I don't know how that works out because I mean, that's what, that's what cell phone companies make their bread and butter off. Right. Out, right? Um, yeah. So but it's like
1: free internet or wherever you go. Essentially. That yeah. is pretty cool.
2: Because oh, wow. I know they've just they released their their color Kindle, the Kindle Fire. Is this something that they're doing at the moment as a promotional piece to help? I, no, I the, don't I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I could d- be wrong. Yeah,
1: I wonder if it's for all Kindles, because Kindle Fire would be a lot more information, whereas, you know, the regular Kindles would, wouldn't be that much information, mm. because you're just really just doing text.
0: Yeah. Well, so. that's not true, because, I mean... I don't have too much background with the Kindles, but essentially if it has 3G access in a browser, I mean, you're mm. that's the internet. Right. That's, mm. um, you're doing whatever you want on the internet. You're going to the sites that you want to see. Whereas if it's um, a tablet, the only difference really is it's in color and maybe it'll support like, right. like movies and stuff. And that's another thing I could get into is um, with the tablets, you kind of get out of it just being centered on an e-reader, yeah. And it's a, it is a tablet. It's a microcomputer, so you can, you know, watch movies, play music, put pictures on there,
2: play games,
0: play games, download apps, right? Right. There's a lot more functionality. Um, and then of course it's also an e-reader, so that's one benefit.
2: You're usually playing a lot more for those the tablets, though.
0: The price difference is usually right. Pretty drastic. Because yeah. I
1: mean, e ink readers are what, around 100, 200, somewhere between there, right?
2: Usually in the 100,
0: 150 range. Right. Yeah. I mean, Canadian that's. Canadian dollars that's, and American dollars. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> They're yeah. pretty I close mean,
1: right now. That's so. pretty <laughs> accessible for a lot of people, if you, yeah. especially if you consider how many books that gets you.
2: you know. Yeah.
0: Well, now, actually, that's kind of a good point as well. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a project, it's called Project Gutenberg, and what they've done. Is they've basically gone and taken um, all these titles that no longer have copyrights on them, mm-hmm. and put them and made them available in, in ebook format. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So when you buy some of these devices, you have access instantly
1: to all the classics.
0: To like some you know, close to two million books. Crazy. And it you know and it's other stuff too. Like there's Harlequin romances. Um, some of them. There's a whole bunch of Star Wars novels. And I don't know if that's an author who wants to try and get noticed and maybe it's like a new promotional thing. Right? I don't know. But so there's
1: something for everybody either way. Exactly. For free. Right? Exactly. I mean, uh, speaking of costs of books though, even if it's a brand new book, mm-hmm. um, e-books are significantly cheaper usually, right? Um, Compared to the paper. I
0: want to say significantly, yeah. but I'll say cheaper. Hmm. Um, and, and the reason why I make the distinction is because... When it's a new book, you'll see sometimes a savings of half,
1: right, you
0: know, two thirds off the the hardcover title, but not necessarily all the time. And if it's say it's an older book, it's mm-hmm. nine ninety nine for like paperback, right? It might still be seven ninety nine for the ebook. Mm. There's no set ratio in, in what the pricing right. is at. There's um, the pricing's kind of all over the board. Mm-hmm. You can find if you want to just pick something up for $1.99, you can probably find something there, right. um, all the way up to 17 for like some of the newest ones,
1: right? I mean, yeah, that is an interesting point to talk about too because uh, ebook prices are kind of it could be anything, right? Because yeah. it doesn't cost. We did a anything, podcast
2: so. a little while ago on ebook pricing and we discussed yeah. that in more detail, so you can listen into that. But it, I think that. That that is it is that there is a significant yeah. uh, um, difference where especially I think for self published authors because that's where we're hearing where it most is yeah. where self published authors they they are charging ninety nine cents two ninety nine for a book um, knowing that well if they're working with a company like Friesen Press that they can make at least a dollar or something like that. Well, it
1: depends on what you charge, yeah. but yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, no matter who you work with, right, the um, the outlet, so the distributors, whether that be Amazon or Barnes & Noble or whoever's selling it takes a cut. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, you have to think about that as a self-published yeah. author. But, you know, it's an interesting area because, you know, you don't want to, undervalue your book too but at the same time there have been self-published authors like Amanda Hawking and John Locke who have yeah. sold millions by going the 99 cheaper yeah.
2: route. So and they found the value they created the value in, in other ways and and so that that's a rethink that a lot of people have had to go through is like hey wait a second my book's worth more than this but I mean when you consider that uh, like for the say the traditionally published book where they're charging $17 what percentage is the author going to see I don't know the answer to that is it because I know with the the hardback copies they're going they're making significantly less mm-hmm. in royalties mm-hmm. than a self-published author would where they have the advances advantage there is working with the publishing company who's a lot more involved in the marketing mm-hmm. especially if your book was an autobiography of Steve Jobs <laughs> you know, or something like that but with the, the authors that um, are going the self-publishing route, uh, I, and I think another thing that that's really important to take into consideration, you mentioned the different publishing files there, and that that's something that's really important for authors to be able to consider, um, because I know I've, I've heard stories, as we've been working uh, with Friesen, in and Press here, um, working with the design team and some of the challenges with, in particular, poetry books so, I, I don't know if you can speak to that. Have you seen formatting? I'm using a word that I grew up with in England, but I don't know if it's an equivalent, but like bodges Like like well, the quality space. I think though. the
1: problem with poetry on ebooks is that um because ebooks can change the font and the sides and things like that, Um, like you said, you can almost have a word per page, right? Well, if you do that with certain poetry and you want it to look a certain way, it won't show up that way, right? Unless you're reading it as a PDF, because people are going to change the way it looks as they feel like, so.
0: You're right, but you know what? At the end of the day, what it is allowing for is more authors Mm -hmm. um, to get published. I mean, what what it's done is it's opened up the floodgates of the internet, right? It's the same thing that happened to the music industry in the what was it? Late eight, late nineties, um, eighties. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I didn't say that. Um, <laughs> but basically, what it's doing is it's allowing it to be um, more ac- more accessible for the individual, um, and also for the consumers too, right? So, if it's basically opening up the indie section of it, and uh, unfortunately for some of the well-established um, authors out there, like the Stephen Kings of the world. You know, it, it makes the competition that much more numerous. Right,
1: but that's not a bad thing for self-published authors. Which yeah. I think, but for this podcast, I think the takeaway is that because there's people like Amanda Hawking and John Locke and all yeah. these people buying e-readers, like Mike said, there is a huge market if you don't take advantage of, you know, e-readers. The, the, yeah. If you don't consider e-books as something important, as something, part of, something that you should be part of as a self-published right. author, then you're missing out.
2: You know. And and also tying that into yeah when you when you're doing that is remembering that like with anything that just because you're available there doesn't mean people are going to find you that you still even if your book is 99 cents cuz that's where authors do kind of get into a mindset well if it's 99 cents that means everybody's going to buy it so the not, thing no. is you still need to be actively out there and and marketing and promoting and sharing your generate book generate buzz you have to be heard. Yeah. Um,
0: because, you know, it's it, it's it's made it easier. Um, and so what that means for consumers is it's, they got to separate the wheat from the chaff. They got to find what's mm-hmm. really good there. Um, and, and speaking to your point, Tak, as far as like running a business, um, this information is definitely useful because just because you don't want to go the e-reader route, you as an author are very similar to an entrepreneur. You don't have the luxury of picking and choosing how you want the industry to go. Yeah. Just because you don't like something doesn't mean it's going to go away. It's a reality that you have to accept. And so what that means is, is you better at least know about it, do some research, look at blogs, you know, listen to podcasts like this, Um, Mm -hmm. find out all the information you can and make your decisions after that. But I mean, if, if, um, e-books are available, then, yeah. you know, jump on
2: it. I think that's where Brace Borders it. actually made their um, boo-boo. You're absolutely, they, you're absolutely right. They didn't, they didn't jump on that. They didn't create one, whereas Barnes & Noble did. Even if they were Barnes & Noble were still a little slower from what I understand. They are, and but they're
0: doing really well with their e-readers now. Their mm-hmm. e-readers have a good reputation, um, but they're definitely hurting. Mm. Barnes & Noble as a company seems to be really hurting right now chapters was a little bit more adaptable they they had kobo um they've actually sold kobo recently to a japanese company um but they were really early adapters of that as well and kobo is is one of the best devices out there there was an article in wired this month actually um rating the e-readers i encourage you to go pick up that issue and or just browse through it at least and and see because they've rated some of the different e-readers out there on the market mm-hmm. And uh, Kobo, um, Canadian, formerly Canadian company, um, you know, was up there pretty high. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty yeah.
2: cool. Yeah. I know that's, the people uh, in the office that have, uh, in the and Press office who have picked up e-readers, they went for the Kobo. Yeah. And, that's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. Oh. I'm Whoa. pretty sure I'm going that way soon too, thanks to Mike's guidance. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That, that's. I'll just make one last little point. Um, geography has an issue to do with uh, e-readers and what's available as well. Um, you know, here being in Canada, Chapters kind of has market share on, on books and e-books. So um, the Kobo's kind of the answer for us, it seems. Whereas um, with the Kindle, you'd have to subscribe to Amazon mm-hmm. to get your books. And that can be a problem if you don't have an American address because you have to go to Amazon.ca.
1: I've heard about that, that having a Kindle can be somewhat problematic for Canadians, especially the Kindle Fire, because there's some new service that you have to use their cloud service Mm. if you buy the Kindle Fire. You you can't
0: even buy a Kindle Fire in Canada. Well, there you go. You have to buy it from the (laughs) States. So that's a big issue. And we just got
2: uh, iBook recently, didn't we? Because iBook wasn't available in Canada for a while.
0: So So you'll notice a difference depending on where you are geographically, but what books are available and the prices of those books. So you, that's something you want to watch before you, you make your purchase, right? right. It's not just because um, Kobo, actually, you might not have heard of as much, um, and that's because it's a Canadian company with Canadian marketing. So it's not yeah. as big as something like Amazon, which is, you know, the rest of the world.
2: <laughs> and I think that's, we uh, we've definitely done the research into this in our company and just recently... Uh, they've just actually re- released new ebook packages, which well, some of you may be. We launched some of the ebook for, stuff, yeah.
1: Um, because all there's all these. I think we just talked about the native files, right? You want to yeah. make you want to make sure that the iBook has its iBook files, and you know, the Kindle has its own file, and the Nook, and you want not just the regular PDF, so that people can actually change the fonts and read it at leisure at the way they want. So the way to do that is to make sure that each of them is in their native file, It's actually a lot of work to, to do each level. one. Well, yeah. We actually do all of them now. Um, yeah. so it's pretty cool that way. Um, we're actually nearing the actually we're I think we're past the half hour mark. So I want to just uh, cover some other questions about e-books and general oh, sorry e-readers in general sure. before we close off. Um, one of them is the, Memory storage. Um, I think that's a question that a lot of people have. You know, how much am I supposed to get? What's reasonable? Because what, I'm really you know.
2: forgetful. So if it's got a good memory for me, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I think for a
1: lot of us, I, I don't. I, well, let's say you know, four or five gigs or ten gigs. I mean, does it really make a difference when you're just talking
0: about text? Yeah. Right? Um, not not really. Ebooks are a very very small file. Um, so if you got yourself a device that had one or two gigs of free space on it. Um, that's about one or two thousand books that it can
2: <laughs> so there you go. And so you got a lifetime of reading Essentially, of <laughs> right? And
0: some of these um have uh have a slot for a micro SD flash drive or an SD flash drive.
1: Right, so you can just expand it even further.
0: Yeah, well you can get like a thirty two gig card at, you know, your an electronic store for like 30, 35 bucks. Next to nothing. That's 32,000 books that it can hold potentially.
1: Right. So uh, maybe it's not such an issue then. In case you want to crush a library
0: or something, you know, put a right. bookstore out of business. But I mean, realistically, you're not going to use that.
1: Right. So memory really... Sh-
0: it's pretty much a non-issue. Right. These things will hold as many books as you can throw at it. And there's options if you need more.
2: Right. Please don't throw books at your e-reader though. <laughs> I cannot condone that.
1: Um, Yeah, that was the main one that I actually wanted to ask, um, because I think, you know, memory, obviously, it's a little different for tablets, I guess, because they have apps. um,
0: They're going to be doing different things, right? They're going to be running movies, which is definitely going to eat up a lot more space. Right. Um, And again, so tablets are kind of getting away from just being solely um, an e-reader. And, and, well, hopefully you're not reading as much on a tablet because it's got that backlit screen. Yeah,
1: and it's just looking at a screen, it does get pretty uh, straining. Whereas, yeah, it's true, e-readers, the e-ink stuff, it, it just feels like you're looking at a piece of paper. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But
2: that was the, yeah. the thing that converted me, was just looking at those. And uh, you, know, you could hold a book and hold your e-reader, and it wasn't you know, there's no flickering, which is what I was worried about um When somebody tried to convert me to e-readers six years ago, and I just I I reacted to them. I was like, "No, you're not getting me on one of those." I remember thinking that when (laughs) Kindle
1: first came out, I you know it was this weird rectangular thing with a sloped edge. You know, it it looked more like a child's toy. Yeah, like something you know from Fisher Price. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and now it's you know it's it's everywhere. So they're sleek. They're yeah. And yeah. now it's yeah, flat, it's small. Like you said, it lasts two months. Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, we're talking yeah, that's that's a pretty cool
1: device. Yeah.
0: So. Absolutely. They and they've got some they you know, as as low tech as they can sound, um, there's some decent technology in there because like some of the, the newer ones have touch screens. So you're not pressing buttons and, and clicking around like that. Um it's all touch screen interface, right. which I mean, how cool is that?
1: Yeah, you can flip a page by Flipping the screen. Yeah, you
0: literally just tap the screen and it flips the page right. for you. I mean, you press the center and it's mm-hmm. gonna bring up options and you can right. adjust and.
1: Very uh, cool. Well, let's wrap. Actually, you know what? One more question. <laughs> <laughs> One more question. Um, would you recommend anyone buying it used? That's a really good question.
0: Um, I, you know what? I, I don't. Does it matter? No, I don't. I can't see why it would. I mean, essentially, you just could do a factory reset and it's. As brand new as it's going to be, right? Um, what you do typically with these devices is you sign up for an online account. Oh, okay. Um, essentially, iTunes, right. Or if you're buying an Apple product, literally, right. iTunes, right? <laughs> and uh, mm. so um, that's what keeps track of all your books. So if you're purchasing these books, they're attached to your account, therefore, you can put your account on different devices. This ties into actually a really cool thing that I'll mention. Um, one downside, huge downside to ebooks is that you can't share with your friends.
2: Because of the, the digital rights. The digital, the digital rights. rights. Um, yeah. you,
0: can't, um, you can't. Like a regular books. book. You can't say,
2: I read this. Here exactly. you go. Exactly.
0: This is a great book. Here, you, you have it. And a right. lot of people well, love doing that.
2: Yeah, I mean, and if it's anything like when you've lent out books, in the past I've lent out books and I haven't got them back, but I'm not going to lend out my (laughs) e-reader with the risk of not getting that back. (laughs) Now an electronic
0: device?
1: but that's a good point, yeah. You can't lend them out the same way as a regular book.
0: There's a workaround for some of them. Okay. And what that is, um, and it's not not illegal or anything like that, (laughs) um, is to register multiple devices to one account. So like a husband and a wife, or maybe like a family of four. Oh,
1: you can do that.
0: Each person could have their own device, but on one account. Now you got to make sure this is someone that you trust, because with a lot of these devices, your credit card information goes on there, so that if you mm-hmm. want to buy a book, you can do it at the push of a button. So you're not going to take that lightly and just do it with your, you know, I don't know, your sketchy roommate or something <laughs> like that, right? But for if you have a family, especially
1: husband and wife, and you could even read the same book at the same time by buying one. Can you do that?
0: Yeah.
2: That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. That's actually pretty cool. Well, one
0: thing to worry about with that, though, is you, you synchronize these devices up on the book right. or up on your computer.
2: So they're on the same pages.
0: If they're on different pages, uh. <laughs> it'll you'll mess around your bookmarks.
2: So you want to be the person who's ahead. Why, or something. why do I keep thinking I've read this same <laughs> page five times now?
0: <laughs> so that's something definitely to look out for. Right. But it's a small price to pay when you consider that you're sharing a library. Um,
2: yeah. One, I've got one last question um, because it's uh, something that comes up too is, uh, is around children's books because obviously with the e-ink, you're not getting any color. Um, what do you think of some of the tablets as far as children's books and PDFs or are we going to see the Kindles fire going that way and you know, attracting more children's books? Because well, I know we have a lot of children's authors.
0: That was definitely the intention. Um, Kobo's got the, uh, Kobo Vox, right. Kindle has the fire. Um, and then of course there's like the Apple iPad. Um, those are the big ones that come to mind. Um, they will read full color books, you know, so there are kids books available. Yeah. I have a uh, three year old nephew and uh one and a half year old niece, and they're already all over the iPad crazy yeah they, they can watch movies yeah. um, they can play games on it
1: it's, true, and it's hard to break those because there's not much there's only so many buttons that you well, can exactly. press on it right? there's
0: not many buttons yeah. it's all touchscreen yeah. and in some case you know like they almost <laughs> use the device better than their parents yeah.
2: you know? <laughs> um, which is kind of they're going to grow up on it and it's because parents are deprogramming and, and, and learning something new for them whereas the kids this is the first time around they haven't learned on a previous device absolutely. and i think that that has uh, an effect on that that's pretty absolutely. cool that's absolutely pretty cool. so i'm uh, waiting for like the three-dimensional ones that you know like uh, a holograms that do oh holograms and well i like mean
1: it, you know there's, there's there are <laughs> 3d uh devices now right yeah. they're, they're not e-readers but you know i'm thinking about from now we're gonna nintendo so but uh they do exist so you never know and i'm gonna end up being that way on you know tablets
0: but yeah uh, it's definitely an option if you if you want to get kids books on those ones um by all means and and then you know on your e-ink um you're not going to get color pictures but you could still read like i mean alice in wonderland is a book that comes to mind that's one of those project gutenberg books so it's completely
2: free it's a i always thought that was you know the, the gutenberg press i always thought it was after that um, the actor, <laughs> <Steve> <laughs> <Gutenberg>. <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> I was no. Like, they haven't named no, us after no, the no. Gutenberg project after him. Sure no, it's right after it. but that the was, Gutenberg no. press from the 1600s. Was uh, yeah, it well, original it was. press? Yeah. yeah. After I had done my research, <laughs> not that, the police just, academy movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um
1: <laughs> project. So on that note, <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks again for listening, everybody, and thanks to Mike. That was really uh, interesting. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. pretty cool. Um, it's always we'll great bring to you get back
2: some. as we uh, hear of new advances in uh, e-readers. Mm-hmm. I like it.
1: Mm-hmm. Which you know, for all we know, is like next month. <laughs> so, you never know with these things. Um, so as usual, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at podcasts at freesimpress. That's podcasts with an S, and uh, yeah, at freesimpress.com.